distinct seasons of Utah. I grew up in Southern California. There's only one season. <laughs> and it normally has to do with being warm. Uh, so anyways, I really love that. I also very much love the diversity of the landscape. And so last week, was the first time I've driven through Zion's, uh, my family and I, and Lisa and I, mostly spend most of our time, we're kind of like Moabites, kind of goes in seasons. Anyways, um, it's gorgeous. It's just a gorgeous place. It's beautiful right there. That little town is Springdale, and uh, it's, they do a great job of uh, the national park. It's just a great place. So if you ever have a chance to get through there, uh, they have a whole bus, free bus system. Springdale has a free bus system to get you around through town there and so forth. Um, I can't believe I've lived here for almost 40 years, probably 40 years, and um, this is the first time I've actually been there. So, <laughs> um, you know, Jesus said, I've come to give life and life abundantly. He just said, I come to give life abundantly. And... Um, and I think that is just kind of a, a thing that we grow and live in and, and experience and embrace as we develop our relationship with Jesus. Uh, some years ago, some years ago, uh, we have a relationship with a, a prophetic voice, a, a person that speaks on the behalf of God to people or churches by the name of Dick Mills. Now, Dick Mills was... Uh, a uh, unique person because he uh, really, well, let me tell you quickly his history. He was at a meeting there in Echo Park, uh, Los Angeles. He was at a meeting and he heard this guy prophesying, telling people God's heart for them in the congregation. And he said, Lord, I, I just love to have that gift. And, and the Lord said, Dick, you will, but I'm going to give it to you through my word. In other words, so when he would speak to people, he would give you a string of passages that go along with it. And he'd tell you the different translations. And if some of you might know this, this particular Bible called the Spirit Life Bible, in that Bible, there is definitions of, of Greek words and so forth. Those are, those were, uh, Dick was actually invited to help participate in writing those Greek words. Uh, you know, the language there. So, um, very sharp gentleman. He's Now he's with the Lord, and he knows all the words. But anyways, somewhere around, I don't know exactly what date it was, but somewhere in the early 2000s, he was with us, and he gave us a, a word about the four paradoxes of Scriptures. And um, this right here is his handwriting, which he wrote out and he gave to me. And this sits on my desk at home. And I look at it every day. And the four paradoxes of Scripture is we gain by losing, rise by lowering, get by giving, and live by dying. And those are the very things that Jesus spoke to us about. 
I honestly don't, I'm not going to stand here and say, boy, I just love gain by losing. I love getting raised up by being lowered. I embrace get by giving. And I live by dying. I mean, in myself, those aren't things, that's not how I look at getting ahead in life, right? When you think about getting ahead in life, are those the terms you think of? Thank you. But yet, here in the Gospels, these are the things that Jesus talked about. And so, one of the, the, the biggest issues with the, the whole paradox, and you know, paradox, when they explain it, is something that doesn't seem natural. For example, you become more tired standing in one place than you will by walking. We don't think in those terms, do we? That is a paradox. There you go. So, if I was a title this morning's sermon, I'd, I'd call it Finding Yourself or Finding Ourselves. We hear a lot of people talking about finding themselves, right? It's everywhere. You hear such statement like, I am, look, I am looking out. I am looking out for number one. Take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. Those are the kind of statements we have. I'm looking out for number one. Take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. But according to Jesus, we need to lose ourselves. How do you lose yourself? How do you do that, right? How do you lose yourself? That's what he was saying. That's what he said. One of the major problems of our society today is self-centeredness. We magnify self-centeredness. Everything around us, the media, we lift people up. We are so interested in other, that we, 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 we want to dress like the famous, the, the famous or the prominent. They, they, they do whole clothes lining, lines. And we feel better about ourselves if their name is on our tag back here because we identify with the way. I mean, it's just kind of the way we are. And, and you know, I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's just the way it is. But the idea of being self-centered is, permeates everything around us. I don't know if you have ever done this. I've done this. I've said this to myself as kind of a transparency. Um, do you ever get tired of yourself? Do you ever get tired of your attitude? Yeah? Do you ever say to yourself, oh, I wish I could change? Why can't I do this better? I want to I give you a little hope today. Yes. <laughs> If we were to really be honest with this and, and really trace a, our basic motivation for everything you do, and if, you, if, if we really open ourselves up, we will find that self-centeredness is, in, is in a part of much of what we do. 
Every action of the surface seems to be magnified by something within us. Think about, just using this for an example, think about contributions. You know, where, or wings uh, being named after certain people. For example, uh, you know, a fundraiser and there's a contribution to write, put on a new science a building, a part of the uh, university or something like that. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll have a big media thing and we'll invite the media and the news and make sure that that person has handed that check so that they would know, everybody would know where that money came from. Now, it's a good thing, right? But all I'm trying to say is it's really built around, well, who is, who is the author of this contribution? Oh, always. Good point. <laughs> so, you know, we, we think establishing scholarship funds in the name of, um, you know, just making sure that, that people understand where this good act of deed comes from. And, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's wrong. I am actually just saying it's the way it is. But is it the way of the kingdom? Is it the way of the gospel? Is it the way of Jesus? That's, that's some of the questions I would have. We are by nature self-centered. By nature. Look how early a child begins to say, mine. Right? Look at how early. I don't know if I've ever known a child that would learn, let's share. Before we say mine, right? How can we share this together? I would, I'm waiting for that. Somebody comes and says, you know my child, instead of saying mine, they said, I want to share this with you. You know, they say that birds are territorial and that they establish their territory and they seek to defend their space that they've claimed. Much of the animal world is like that. But I also believe it's true of us in a lot of ways. We mark out our space. We define it uh, against any kind of intrusion, right? You know, um, especially us Westerners. We love to have our space, you know. Um, you're getting too close. When you sit down, you like this, right? I mean, a room like this in, in another culture, you get hundreds, hundreds. And I'm not kidding. That's not just like I'm dreaming it. I know it. But we kind of like it where, you know, a person sits in this seat, and the seat empty, and then the next seat, in the sea. And unless you have a relationship, it's the only time you really sit together, right? I'm just trying to give you some ideas of how we are kind of territorial. Or you'll walk into a place, especially if you, and you, you'll set your stuff on the chair. Because it's your chair. Right? Yeah. yeah, there you go, see? Are you put... We do it. I do it. I personally like sitting on the end. I just like sitting on the end. That's my first goal. I don't care if I'm in the back. I don't care if I'm in the front. 
I want to be on the end. I'm just that way on planes. I like to be on the end. I don't, want, I don't care to see the clouds. I want to sit on the end. My space. And I really do see it. One of those are mine. But, here's another, here's another example too. Uh, just think of crime or criminals. They have a disregard for the needs or feelings of others. They have no respect for a person's property of others. And they do not care for the rights of others. Think about it. When, you know, that your hard work, and they're, going, they're trying to figure out, how can I get your hard work to become mine the easiest way I possibly can? So it's kind of the psyche of what it is to be a criminal. But Jesus says it's differently. In Matthew 10, 38, he says this. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you, if, but, but if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Let's focus on this. Verse 38, 39, excuse me. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. What does this mean? What is Jesus saying here? What is he, what is he asking of us? Have you ever pondered that? What does it mean to lose my life? Paul said it this way. He said, he's the author of 23 of the letters in the New Testament. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is to gain. Now, was Paul thinking of a physical death or was he talking about something different? I believe he's probably talking about both. But in, this, in the terms of this, he's talking about a, a different type of giving up a different type of surrender, a different, a different type, a way of focusing on life. I would say this, how beautiful it is and how rare it might be to find a person that really lives by this example. And um, I look for examples, people that inspire me. I told you this last time I was at the pulpit. Uh, Eric Little being one for me. Uh, another one would be Hudson Taylor of the In Inland China, China uh, Ministry. Uh, I'm reading a book right now by Brother Andrews. Uh, and I was telling somebody today earlier, I'm not too sure if I'm not just, I am inspired, but I'm indefinitely challenged. Because I see something in these gentlemen and women's lives that they have something that they were able to release so they could walk in that relationship with Christ that produces something a little different. Can I say it that way? That produces something a little different that I think that God is invited all of us to participate in. But Jesus sets that example for all of us. He said that he did, he did not come to his, he did not come to do his own will but the will of the fathers. He made that statement. He said the works that he did, the words and works that he did 
were the words that works that were spoken to him by the Father. So you see the submission that he gave over, that his life was not his own. Paul said this about him. He was rich, yet he forsake all to become poor. That we through his poverty might know the riches of God. He became poor. He became an outcast. He became a target so that we might know the riches of God. The cross is a symbol. It stands as the greatest example of selflessness in the history of man. That Jesus went to the cross so that you and I might have life. I think this is probably one of the best examples I can give to us today, thinking about what we do things for. If I was here and I, if I was here and I say, okay, I'm going to give each one of you, each one of you, thousand dollars. One, zero, 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 dot, zero, zero. If you would bring a friend to church tonight, how many of you would do it? We got a few honest people, right? I'm telling you, I would do it, okay? I'm not sitting here, I'd go, I'm bringing, I want 2,000, I'll bring two. Right? I mean, you'd be encouraged. You'd be going, man, that Daryl's awesome dude. All I have to do. And you'd probably, even you could, if you didn't have a good enough relationship with somebody to bring them to church to get that $1,000, you'd say, I'll split it with you. Because <laughs> $500 is better than nothing. Right? We are motivated. Now you're motivated. But my question is, shouldn't we be motivated and bring people and, have, and invite people to the house of God because we love and care for them and, we, and we're concerned about their uh, eternal destiny? See, I get, that's, <laughs> I, that's about the best example I could give, really. Because we are so motivated when it comes to finances. And that is a struggle. I understand there's challenges. I, I, I get that. But I'd like to think of myself of being a person that, I'm, I, I, that I don't need to be motivated financially to do the right thing. To be the right person. To, ri- to live the right life. And here's the other. Here's kind of the secret to all of this. God isn't said, okay, now I've died, died on a cross, and here's your obstacle course so that you can live free. If you make it through all this obstacle course, and at the end, you'll be fine. That's not the way it is. It's not the click box, you know, a little box by every, every little thing. Of, it's not that way. What he's really saying here is, Daryl, I have made a way for you. My children, I have made a way for you. I'm not asking you to create this. I'm not asking you to, to pioneer this for yourself. I'm asking you just to receive what I've given you so that you might live in this abundant life. I've made it for you. 
It is my free gift to you. I delight in you. I delight to give it to you. Now just embrace it and accept it. Okay. Does that, that sound right, right? Sounds like the Gospels, right? That's what Jesus said, right? I've come to give life and it more abundantly. He said in John 15, you're my friends. I tell my friends everything. That's right, right? So what is the problem? Do it this way. That's the problem. We have to, we have to reconcile self. We have, to, we have to reconcile self. See, he or she who lives only for self thinks only of self and will ultimately be the loser. When we're self-centered, we're the loser. That which you do for yourself will be forgotten. Now listen, this is good. That which you, you gain for yourself will never be able to be taken away from you. Will never be able to be taken away from you. So if you see, I need to find myself. And, that, and that, there's nothing wrong with that discovery. But let me suggest that you really find the true self, the really the person you were created to be in Christ Jesus. You find your true self. That's what Psalm 139 is all about. I knew you before you were a thought. I formed you in the mother's womb. I knew everything about you before you were even born. My good pleasure. In other words, and another, I think it's actually verse 5, he says, and I hedge myself around you. I mean, I love that language. God is hedging himself around me. So let me just invite you to start considering the presence of God that is everywhere. Psalm 121 says, I neither slumber nor I sleep. I know I'm with you and you're going out and you're coming in. I am with you. My presence is with you. And so maybe one way of recognizing how to step away from yourself is embracing more Jesus. And one thing I always, always say that might be a little helpful is say, Lord, I need you to teach me about me so I can have more of you. I need to know more about my struggles. We all have a past, and sometimes that past tries to dictate how we interact with not only God, but everybody. I need to know more so I could figure out how to freely just say yes to you better. Actually, the greatest joy is found in giving and not receiving. Better to give than to receive. Better to give than to receive. That whole thousand dollar thing, what's that about? Yeah. There you go. See, the fullness of joy comes in sharing with one another and learning how to love one another and appreciate each other. We think uh, beautiful music, sunsets can be enjoyable by oneself, but the sharing of one's 
self's love and, and relationship overrides all of that. I mean, those are gifts. I, I think music and, and uh, nature are gifts to us. And, and uh, encouragement is God's get, a gift to us uh, through other people. The person who has lost his life or her life in the life of Jesus Christ has found life. And in my own journey, a sense of calmness, a sense of peace. As Jesus would say, no, excuse me, Paul said this, is that place of rest. A place of rest. All of a sudden, Anxiousness doesn't percolate as much as it used to. All of a sudden, fear about tomorrow and how's this going to work out is all of a sudden, it's like, okay, it'll be okay, Daryl. I'm with you. Just, just, just take my lead. Be responsible. But it's okay. I know your comings and your goings. I'm with you. And then there's the confession that I am not in control of my life, he is. I am not in control of my life, he is. That is really the beginning of losing yourself. That is the beginning of growing in everything that God has offered to us. Because I know that he does all things well. I know that God does all things well. I know that God loves people. And he's not a taskmaster. He's not out to get us. He's out to love us. He's out to bring us into his phone. Another psalm says that he gathers his own like a hen gathers her chicks under his wings. I know that he's working out the details of my life. It's not, I need to do all I need to do, and then when none of that works, I call upon the Lord's name. Right? God, I've exhausted myself, and I I think you're not with me, so what in the heck is going on? Maybe I needed to start, Lord, what is it you'd like for me to do here? Right? What is the best way for me to approach it? I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put a hard word on anybody. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. Come, follow me. Come, let me show you what the abundant life is. Losing our lives, moving away from outside of ourselves is actually discovering ourselves. And I find it to be rich and embracing. So here's a couple of final thoughts. I'm going to have the worship team come forward. I'll give you these two final thoughts. We're going to take our offering right now. And this is, you can put your connect card in the offering bag. I want to go and say how grateful I am for... Uh, your faithfulness, because I know that giving is a sacrifice. 
And, um, and so I wanna, we want to acknowledge that. If you're a guest with us today, please do not feel obligated. Uh, but we understand that giving is a general, it's a sacrifice. You choose. You have to work something out in your budget to make it happen. And I just want to tell you, thank you. Just thank you. Um, and here again, uh, please, we don't want it to be a duty. The Bible talks about, that they're, about being a joyful giver. So if you're feeling something about being a duty, let's work it out with God first. We, uh, we believe in generosity as one of the keys of being uh, a follower of Christ. But still, it, it shouldn't be a duty. Okay. I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts here. One is this. To truly find yourself is to lose yourself Every chance you get, every opportunity to truly find yourself as a loser. So let me give you one of uh, another, uh, in the 1700s, uh, John Wesley was a uh, Methodist preacher. And uh, he, he's pretty well known in, in the church circles. But th- he made this statement. And I, I, it's, one, it's on my wall in my office. And, and he would say this. And I think this is a good way to start thinking about how to lose ourselves. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever you can. As long as ever you can. Isn't that good? So, let me bring it down to one sentence. One way that we can experience or learn how to lose ourselves is get out of ourselves. You have to focus on something outside of ourselves. And sometimes, now I found this to be true, sometimes it needs to cost me something. It might be just time. It might be all kinds of things. But it has to cost me. And it's not just money. It has to cost me something. And then I grow and I learn through that. So let's worship a little bit. Finish up.